Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, good morning from uh, Clearwater, Florida. It's just Jim Rhodes this morning with uh, our distinguished guest, uh, Brett Buick. Um, we're going to watch for Michelle to join. She's actually on a girl's trip on the West Coast, and so it's early for her. And uh, I'll just watch. If she joins, she joins. If not, Brett, it'll just be you and me. So, well, Sounds good. Looking forward to it. So I shared with you by text uh, that I, um, I spent my yesterday working on my laptop, watching football on mute and listening to our wisdom wednesday podcast from uh, last year and i gotta tell you there was some really important information that we shared and so this morning i went out to the uh to the you know the facebook feed and the various places where this thing is shared and i I put the link to that playlist on youtube so that people can find that because i think in this morning's show i'm going to want to refer to yep you know, some of those things, and we can talk about some of the, the key subjects that you and I addressed back then. But uh, just a reminder before we get started, if uh, you're listening into us this morning, I, I always appreciate hearing uh, where you're listening from, so you can throw in the comments there. And by the way, I can't always see, I'm not going to try to monitor the feed this morning from where I am, but I can't always see um, where you're um, visiting from, or, or whose name it is, rather. And so if you'll just uh, just kind of bear with me, sometimes we don't see that till after the fact, so you can somehow... Um, you'll let folks know uh, through StreamYard, I guess, uh, if you are uh, you allow us to see your name, but otherwise I may not know who's saying hello. So good morning, George Spat from here in uh, Florida. And I see James Anderson. I know he's in Georgia. So uh, no, sorry, different, different Anderson. So uh, James, glad to have you here. So anyway, just uh, Brett, I wanted to have a chance to uh, talk about a couple of things. One, I, I shared with you yesterday that um, one of the things that we are, watchful about with the morning show we just started back in may of course so we're still kind of figuring things out but michelle and i made the commitment to uh, make sure we kept this thing really pitch free and we've been approached by some sponsors and we've declined because we just really want to keep this platform you know free and educational and all those kind of things and so i thought i would just share some of that around you know our conversation because um this is you know, today we're certainly going to talk about reinsurance and you're obviously, you know, with a reinsurance provider. And I think the thing that I want people to understand about that is Michelle and I have always, there's Emily Del Tufo. Good morning from Pennsylvania, Emily. And uh, so one of the things that I want to obviously make sure we, we talk about is that I've throughout my career, I have always, when we referred somebody, a dealer client to, uh, to a vendor, I'm always real careful to make sure that I know the product myself. I'm familiar mm-hmm. with the people behind the product. And that's certainly true with Buckeye. That's somebody we've happily referred people to, to Buckeye because we, we know you folks. We know the product. We know it's a great solution. And we're going to talk about some of that today. I'm going to make sure people understand some of the benefits about reinsurance. My experience with you in particular has been you're, you're big on education just like we are. You're just out there to education and uh, and some folks will do business with you and some won't that's just the nature of it but i just want to make sure that we you know for the sake of those listening in that we just have a chance to talk about that that's something and also on that subject michelle and i have always i I did it before michelle joined me in the company of course but 
We've never taken referral rewards from vendors. And when, when we do get offered a referral reward, we ask the, the, um, the vendor to pass it along to our dealer instead, whatever reward you intend to put in our pocket to the dealer instead. We recently had a vendor, you know, pay us something, sent us something that was, you know, not requested, not, you know, wasn't in part of any written agreement. They just sent us a gift, but we just passed it along to our client, you know, passed it along to the dealer. So that's just the nature of how we operate. And I just wanted to have a chance for you and I to talk about that. And so, you know, and the good folks at Buckeye can know we're happy to refer people and we just want to see, you know, any referral rewards get passed along to our client. We always make sure that folks know we're just looking for good solutions for our dealer clients. And we know Buckeye is among them, right? You know, Buckeye is for sure, and I'm, I'm very much the same way. Um, one of the nice things, uh, one of the positives that came out of COVID was, you know, when we weren't traveling and there was that downtime, man, everybody was happy to take your phone call. Um, so, you know, you know, going from being a dealer and kind of coming to the other side of the desk, um, I started, you know, looking at some of the other, you know, companies in the industry, um, just all over and, and, and doing demos of DMSs and talking to people. I mean, that's how we met. You know, initially it was just me trying to find out who's out there and then kind of asking myself, like, if I was a dealer, would I use this product? Right. If I, if I was going to go open another store right now, you know, would I use this? And then mm-hmm. and then, you know, the you know, the character behind that company obviously, <clears throat> you know, comes into play. But it, it was never about trying to align ourselves or or have any type of special relationship. It's really, truly about um doing everything you can to be way more than just a vendor and try to truly be like a partner, you know, in their business. Um, and I spend a, a lot of time as I'm sure you do, um, talking to people, you know, who aren't clients, um, mm-hmm. about their business. And, you know, I enjoy the the Facebook groups for all the good information that's out there. Right. Um, and also, you know, as an opportunity to try and get in between, you know, a dealer and some bad advice. Cause, you know, there, there's, I've, I've seen a lot of really scary messages on Facebook, like, oh, just go do this. And then you kind of instant message yeah. the guy directly, like, yeah, don't do that. Like, yeah. that's illegal in your state. So uh, it's, you know, it's just about, you know, giving back to the industry as much as I can. Um, and, you know, with, with me not having, you know, stores anymore, um, you know, because I was very fortunate, obviously. Um, it, it, you know, keeps me engaged. It keeps me close to it. You know, it keeps me sharp. Um, and I, I just enjoy you know, learning, you know, from the big guys and, and the little ones and, and then, you know, being able to educate, you know, people is, is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I would say again, people can go back. Hey, there's David Norton. Good morning, David. So I uh, saw your, your image this morning, by the way, out in San Diego. Uh, it's quite an event. Sound like in, in uh, San Diego that I missed regrettably, but uh, yeah. So I just think it's important. And again, we see that with you and we see that, uh, you know, with Buckeye in particular, uh, you, you've been very generous and helpful with information and yeah, I'm kind of busy trying to get between dealers and bad advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of it. There's and, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned, you know, your travels, you obviously, you cover a lot of miles, uh, you know, calling on uh, some independent dealers, not just by here, pay your, I'm sure, but, um, mm-hmm. but you certainly, you know, meet a lot of dealers. And I just, uh, in referring to those uh, podcasts that we, uh, you know, we did last year, I just found that one of the things, by the way, that I picked up on, there were several times you asked me a question in that podcast without feeding me the questions in advance. You asked me the question. Yes. 
And uh, when I answered, then you spoke up and said that you felt the same way about that particular thing. You just didn't share with me in advance, which I found interesting that you and I, even though we've worked in different segments of the industry or whatever, that, uh, you know, we kind of arrived at some of the same fundamental places on a lot of these real key things. And one of the things that stuck with me, I noted that you you called it the stuff happens business. So mm-hmm. that's uh, kind of a, an, a, an expression that I plan to adopt myself just because it's, it's <laughs> I say the same thing, but in different ways. It's just like, it's the nature of what we do in buy here, pay here. And I think one of the reasons that we like reinsurance, so there's several reasons. And of course, there's all kinds of advanced reasons to like um, reinsurance. So yep. I'm going to let you and your uh, good folks at Buckeye talk to more about that part, but I would just say for me, when I'm working with a dealer, I'm going to say, look, when you talk to them, they're going to explain to you all the ways you can use dollars and all the tax benefits associated with doing this. And um, I would just tell you that from my standpoint, if you can use your own funds and profit as you satisfy customers more quickly and reduce your charge off losses, you can stop right there. And I would be thrilled with the benefits of that solution, right? Exactly. And it's just no matter what, right? Like it's, it's a good business practice. And, right. you know, we, you know, in San Diego got a good question, you know, how do you know when it's a good time to start? You know what I mean? And I think when, you know, a lot of dealers think about starting a program like this for themselves <clears throat> as a way to, you know, do all the things you talked about, but what it's really about is protecting the portfolio, finding ways to do things better at the dealership, um, providing the customer with outlets for things like insurance, mechanical breakdown, you know, stuff like that. And if you, I mean, selling a car as is nowadays, it's just, it's not what it used to be. I mean, we all know mm-hmm. we're spending money <clears throat> to keep those cars on the road. So it's like, okay, let's just create real paperwork, set expectations with the customer, manage expectations, you know, trying to get, I, I think my biggest thing in buy here, pay here, that has been the difference between you know, two dealers who are very similar, if one does it and one doesn't, the one who doesn't is going to fail is you have got to get the customer to take ownership of this vehicle somehow mm-hmm. and breaking that renter's mentality, right? Like this isn't an apartment. If the fridge breaks, it's your fault. You know, like, yeah. you have to go fix it. If the air conditioner goes out, like I use these examples all the time. And I think a lot of our customers just kind of, you know, that everything should be free. Everything should be covered. If I pay, then everything will be taken care of. And we can do better jobs at the point of sale at, you know, explaining that this is a major purchase and, and, you know, what we expect out of them and, and that, you know, this is your car and just some ownership um, is a, is a really good thing when it comes to not only making them understand that they're responsible to maintain it and for mechanical repairs, but um, I think a strong close at the beginning and making these things clear um, is one of the best collection practices you can have. Yeah, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago about, you know, on the subject of do, are we knowingly sending customers home with a problem car? And, you know, the title was intentionally kind of provocative, but it's basically meant to say, we know you don't knowingly do that. The question is, how is it received by the customer? Yeah. So, So that's really the question we were trying to put forward is, what does it look like to the customer? We know what you intend to do, but what does that feel like to the customer? And so we talk about exactly that, about getting folks to kind of, you know, make some transitions and help uh, get the customer to take responsibility on those things. So same thing, but I think, you know, for me, when I look at, at reinsurance as, as solutions, then I realize that, you know, 
for me, anybody asked me the time to start reinsurance, the answer is yesterday, you know, yeah. so, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's, it's, to me, but the I'm, trick is, the trick is like when, 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 and I started to allude to this earlier, it doesn't mean you have to do everything. No. Right. It doesn't mean you have to turn on CPI, warranty, service contract. Like it's yeah. the, the, the genius of reinsurance aside from all the, you know, the tax advantageous and all those benefits is, you know, products that you can advertise, brand management, cost control. Um, and the one thing that I think gets overlooked the most is, you know, every time you create these, it's a, it's a way to communicate with the customer. When they have an issue, you're the point of contact. I mean, don't mm-hmm. we want to know if the customer was in an accident? if their check engine lights on, you know, if this is going on. And if you don't have those things in place, they don't call you, you know, they mm-hmm. hide from you because something's bad. And, and, th- and then they call you, you know, they don't call you when the check engine light comes on, they call you when it quits running. We right. could have avoided that. And I think that's the thing. So when you're first getting started, it's just like with anything else in your dealership, right? What's the, what's the pain I have today? And is there something I can do to fix it? Right. Um, and, and that's, and that's maybe that's the only thing you need to start with at the time, but, to, to avoid the thing altogether. That's, that's not the solution. Just, just pick one thing and, and, and get going on it. Yeah. And I think, um, I also am aware that we see dealers do quite well. I mean, I, I've never put a dealer on reinsurance that they didn't do quite well and, you know, call back later and describe it as a no brainer should have done this a long time yeah. ago. And I talked to one dealer in particular who was not a Buckeye client, but they started, um, their warranty, uh, program, years ago mm-hmm. and you know they told me they had about eight million dollars sitting in their fund i'm sure you've seen much larger but uh, yeah. that's a big number to just have accumulated just on a warranty program alone so again well-established dealer but i'm just saying that's that's a possibility i'm also learning that i used to think that it was difficult to get started early I, it may still have some obstacles when you're when you're a brand new dealer yeah. but I, it's <clears throat> too early to look at it yeah so when you get when somebody starts early and again, I know we want to cover, you know, cover other topics, but yeah. when, when you're starting early, it's about managing the risk that you already have, right? So starting early, you know, when you're real small CPI, you know, maybe that's some risk we, we leave to the insurance companies, but it's like the mechanical risk, you already have it. Right. You're already going to spend the money sure. um, if the car breaks down. And again, you know, it doesn't mean we need to create a 224, you know, right away. It's just like, hey, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you know, first six months or or a 12 month or something like that. But, um, you know, just coming back from LHPH in San Diego, you know, I'm learning more about that business and about that model. And you find out it's not too dissimilar, you know, from buy here, pay here. And, and from an independent dealer, you know, for that standpoint is, and Jim, you know this because you travel around to dealers. There are so many different ways to be successful in this business. Right. But the constants of the business are the same everywhere. Right. Right. Like this is what our customer looks like. They all have the same problems. We all have the same stories. We sit around the tables. We laugh. We joke about it. Right. Because it's happened to every single person. Mm-hmm. But then you've got one guy who isn't having a hard time finding a $6,000 car right now. And then you have another person who's completely changed their business model from a $6,000 car to a $12,000 car, which mm-hmm. they swore would never work. And it's working just fine. Yeah, uh, sure. So it's, it's, it's really just about, you know, what you're comfortable with, what your cash flow and, and your dealership, you know, knowing your market. But, you know, the core model of our business is the core model of our business. And it, it doesn't have to be any more difficult than that. Sure. Um, 
you know, just know what you're good at and, and focus on it. I mean, underwriting is one of those things that I see all the time. People do it so differently. And then when you look at portfolios in general, like, you know, how they perform and the rate that charges off and the delinquency, you know, I mean, for the most part, a well-run dealership, they're all like right in that range. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I find that very interesting. Well, I know you're uh, into uh, fitness. I don't know if you've been involved in athletics or did you play sports in school or anything? Say that again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sports, okay. So, you know, I was a football and basketball guy, and I just always talk about, and I, I still am fascinated watching sports. Like the most fascinating thing about sports, and bear with me, there's a tie in here, but with sports is like, um, it's the mental aspect of sports. And in particular, um, you know, what I see when I watch athletics at most any level is like there are certain things that are just fundamental. So, mm-hmm. you can pick golf, basketball, most anything, there are going to be certain things that are just fundamentally. I'm going to say fundamentally correct, you know, while there could be more than one way to do it. um, Some ways, for example, shooting a free throw, there's some certain ways you could do it, but you're working Mm -hmm. against your anatomy. Like it's Mm -hmm. anatomically fundamentally correct to try to, you know, learn your, your free throws this way. And so there's just certain things in our business that we see that are kind of the old blocking and tackling thing in football. Yep. You know, my, my dealer friend, Tommy Brandis and I, you know, we talk about that, you know, back in the day and the old school stuff and people say that's kind of an old school approach. Well, what some might call old school, I might call just fundamentals. Like it's still yeah. just fundamentally sound to, to do that. And so there's a lot of things about the business that have changed in the 20 plus years I've been around it. There's plenty of things that haven't changed. And so I think what you're really touching on there is, you know, some of these things are just fundamentally true. And so from a reinsurance standpoint, it just, to me, it helps solve a lot of the problems that we're dealing with anyway. It's just a yeah. cleaner, more efficient, and, and an even more profitable way to deal with the problems that we're dealing with anyway. And yeah. so I think it's uh, something we like to see dealers look at. And so, I, and one other quick thing I would just say, one of the reasons that we happily recommend dealers talk to Buckeyes, because there may be others. I'm not familiar with anybody else that has the ability to do within a reinsurance company, all of the products, you know, I, I know others that can do one or the other, but not all of them. And so we're just always happy to have, uh, you know, folks look at Buckeye just because we know that's a um, one quality people and good solutions. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of good, you know, companies out there. They're, they're good vendors. I you know, I know some of them personally, I know them to be good people. Um, but you know, I think, you know, one of the things that kind of is nice is, is, you know, having different backgrounds, you know, in our company, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Jason, you know, he came from the financial side, you know, I was a, I came from a, you know, successful dealership group, um, and, you know, I've done these things. So I just think that, you know, educationally and, and just kind of, you know, knowing the business is, is, uh, just something that, you know, we're a little bit, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think we just kind of deliver it better. Right. Yeah. So like you said, you know, we can talk about, you can talk all day long about high level stuff with people, but ultimately, you know, when you're working with someone, it's about really understanding the problems that you can solve for them, whether it be, you know, communication wise collections, um, you know, accounting, um, you know, accounting is always a big thing. Uh, it tends to be very sloppy in our business, which can get sure. people in trouble down the road and just, I think being someone who can not only provide a service that is, like you said, kind of a no brainer, but also, you know, help with other things and refer people to you to kind of pick up where we leave off or, um, you know, people, you know, like Amanda or just different, 
industry experts that I'm lucky enough to, you know, have as friends and colleagues that I know if I send one of my clients there or even just direct some stranger that I met on Facebook there, um, once they're kind of in those person's capable hands, I can feel good about, you know, the decision that I made to, and that they're going to get what they need. And, you know, I, I think that's ultimately what it's all about. Like you said, I, I enjoy the education part. Um, you know, I want people, you know, to do well. I want to watch people grow. And there's, like you said, uh, it, it comes down to fundamentals. And I agree with you. I don't care <clears throat> how long you've been in business. You know, every, you know, I guess I wouldn't be considered an old school guy. Yeah, right, right. right? Not yet, anyway. Not by, your, not by the color of your beard, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one day I very much <laughs> hope to be one of those, you know, all-knowing seasoned veterans. You know, it's a, it, it's a, a I mean, dream of mine. That, yeah. But, you know, how we pick a customer, um, that's, ne that's never going to change, right? The, the whole, are we catching them on the way up or are we catching them on the way down? Because mm -hmm. they're our customer for a reason, right? The credit bureau we know what we're looking at before we even pull it, but you're just kind of looking for the story, right? Am I catching them on the way up? Am I catching them on the, on the way down? Then you got the cars, right? Buy the best car you can. Put as much recon into it as you can without over-reconning, you know? Maintaining your deal structure. Um, you know, then it's, you know, it becomes about, you know, payment and can they afford it and collection practices. But, you know, the, the similarities between all the dealers who do extremely well is proof that, you know, fundamentally, you, you just, you, you know, like you said, block and tackle and, and stick to what the business was here for and, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And I want to go back to something that I, one of the other topics that I remember uh, happened in the, the, the episode we did before the podcast last year, you, you used a phrase that I hadn't really thought about in, in that way. You talked about feeding the business from the front and you might remember the conversation was really around you know, we, we meet a lot of people in our industry that especially are coming out of retail, maybe franchise background, often they're very sales minded and they're used to, you know, the answer is three more sales or create more sales, create more sales. And yeah. so we, that's kind of what I understood that you meant by feeding the business from the front. You know, you're kind of, you're trying to solve your problem sometimes by just creating more sales. We just sell more, we sell more, we solve our problem. Yeah. And I think what, what we like to see is working all elements you touched on underwriting but also collections. I mean, part of that conversation was around if we want to grow our portfolio, mm -hmm. that's sometimes not selling three more cars or maybe that can help if they're smart deals and it's quality, you know, instead of just quantity, but also it's, it's saving accounts on the back end, which is part of why I think, you know, all yeah. these things we're talking about are part of how you do that is you grow your portfolio by saving accounts. And we talked about, the collection side, one of my other favorite kind of quotable things from what you said before is you, you meet a lot of people just like I do who are often hiring a collector a year too late. Like if they're brand new in the business and we meet those people all the time, we work with a lot of dealers that are brand new in business and they're asking us when is the right time. And <clears throat> we just know that, you know, I know my answer to you back then was just whenever it, whatever it takes in the way of personnel to make sure you can make collections your first priority every day, you know, and so mm -hmm. these operations are small enough that people have multiple responsibilities mm -hmm. to be expected. We're cross training. We got, you know, different things where we're, we got multiple responsibilities in the business, but we just think collections has got to be job one because why, why sell more cars if we can't support and service the accounts we have on the back end already? Yeah. And, and the same thing is true for people when they're in growth mode, right? They wait till the portfolio is on fire to go out and get that help. Right. Um, and you, 
Yeah, you, you can't do that. Um, uh, mainly because, you know, even if you go out and get a, a good collector, right? A good collector can be ruined by a bad portfolio. They right. can get angry and bitter real quick. Um, and, you know, we had that conversation, right? You need a firm but fair collector. You need a f- collector who understands the business that you've truly trained and who is going to have the ability to manage that relationship and be firm, but also be creative enough to keep them in the portfolio. And so I've I've started kind of using the phrase, you know, everybody wants to grow, right? Oh, I need to grow. I need to do this. And it's like, okay, maybe some people during COVID shrunk a little bit. Now they're trying to get back and it's like, okay, fair enough. And, but you know, you know, and then they want to know how many cars do you need on the lot to sell this many? And I'm like, well, hold on. Right. Like that means, okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go spend a whole bunch more money to put more cars out there to feed more people into the portfolio, but we haven't addressed underwriting or collections first. It's like, sure. The fire is going to get bigger, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, we're just throwing wood on it. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, hold on a minute. Yeah. What could we do to keep, you know, so if I want to, I want to sell five more cars a month. It's like, okay, well, let's what if it was let's find a way to sell two more cars a month and keep three people from leaving the program? Doesn't that accomplish the same thing? Yes. And guess what? The second way costs a lot less money. Good point. Yeah. So I think that's that's the most important thing is okay, you know, if you've got a portfolio size growth. You know, instead of saying, hey, I want to grow my portfolio, it's like I want to increase it because when you say grow, people just think more cars, more cars, more units, more sales volume. I was like, that's not always the the it's the fastest way. Right. Um, but but long term, you know, it's in our business. The decision you make today doesn't hurt you for six months, 12 months down the road. Um, better to focus on the decisions you already made and keeping them in the portfolio than, you know, making 10 more bad decisions a month, I think is, yeah. is, a, is a better way to, to grow. I hope folks are listening this morning because I think this is an example of why, you know, I think Brett is such a, uh, you know, valued uh, member of this industry just because, you know, he's sharing from some real experience and, and it happens to align with mine. I mean, I just think you know, what we see the same thing. And then Michelle and I try to bring a really holistic approach to these kind of things. You know, if you, if that same dealer tells me they want to sell five cars a month, five more cars. And our answer or our question is usually, what is that, what is that going to do for you? Like, talk to me about what's that really produce for you? Is that, is that because it's going to help us in terms of cash flow? Is it going to move our P and L? I mean, is it going to give you more time off? I mean, talk to me, what's, what are we really trying to accomplish? Cause there may be another way to get there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so really we're just trying to make sure we, we, we think dealers are just like any other business owner. They, they get in the, the, on that hamster wheel, so to speak. And it's hard to kind of keep your eye on the horizon and, and keep a focus on really where you want to go. So uh, that's part of what Michelle and I try to bring is this, this, this idea that let's, let's take a breath for a minute and let's, let's talk about what direction we really want to go with this business, because we do feel like in buy here, pay here, you can, you can turn the wheel and almost take the ship anywhere you want to go in our business mm-hmm. to know where we want to go. And so that's part of what we're speaking, by the way, at FIADA. And with something cool, we got FIADA has agreed to allow us to uh, broadcast live our presentation. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, so that'll be fun. And we are going to be speaking on that subject about business planning. And, and we had this uh, conversation with uh, at the TIADA convention. We did a presentation there. And so we're basically going to have that same session and we're going to uh, be able to broadcast that live. And we're talking about that kind of thing where we basically just say, you know, to really build a business plan, you kind of got to know what you want to 
do, where you want to go with your business, because now, you know, whether you're advising them or I'm advising them or both uh, CPA, we, we got to, Got to make sure we know what we're trying to accomplish here, and uh, and that it's going to serve the the grand plan, if you will. And, uh, and now we can better advise, you know. I yeah, guess. and I think, you know, I think, um, you know, in the you know the twenty groups and the performance groups and on Facebook, you know, you you, you got a guy, and I, I have a, a client right now who's who's going through this, and he's like, you know, I mean, he's great business, been doing it a while great looking dealership, fantastic lot, great location, everything going forward, low overhead, couple of employees, couple of family members, mm -hmm. seems like a, a fairly low stress operation. And he's like, man, I want to go to a thousand accounts. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, right. why would you want to do that? Like, do you know what that means? Like, do you mm -hmm. know how many more people you're going to have to hire? Like, if, have you done the math? Have you done the logistics? Right. So Maybe, maybe let's get to 600 and see what type of stress that adds to your business Good. before we just come up with a plan, you know, to just throw a bunch of notes on the books and, and go to a thousand. And I think sometimes the, the overhead requirements, I think the logistical requirements, especially nowadays with buying cars and parts, um, I think growth can absolutely be done for someone who's set up for growth, but to just you know, go, go screaming out of your comfort zone. <clears throat> um, I just, it's something that you should, you know, do the math on. Um, and, and now the flip side of that conversation is for the guy who is ready or for the guy who I think is ready or the, or the dealership that I think is ready. Um, I am not as pessimistic as a lot of people are about the future and what's coming. I tend to think that, you know, yes, the business is changing, you know, yes, you know, that there's, you know, everybody's says, you know, scary stuff on TV and on the news. But I think primarily it's just because, you know, that's what keeps people watching. And I think that, you know, in, in the near future, in the next couple of years, the, the buy here, pay here, the lease here, pay here dealer, especially, are going to have a really great opportunity to grow that portfolio with a better customer and a better car. And I, I would I'd be less worried about what's going on today and more worried about am I going to be ready when the market changes and, and, and it's come and I can, you know, take that opportunity because um, a lot of people missed the opportunity in 2010 to 2013 because they didn't load up on cars. They sat back. They got nervous mm -hmm. and, and they did, you know, the things that they needed to do. And, and I just think, you know, buy here, pay here is, is, is here. You know, it's, it's going to be here. It's not going anywhere. There's always going to be a large customer segment that needs us. Yeah. And, you know, we, we tend to lose our best customer to deep subprime. And when deep subprime takes a beating, we have to have the units and we have to be there with the cash and the open arms to, to bring that customer back. And that's when your portfolio grows. It performs better. And then we get to ride that for 36 months. And I think, I think we just need to be ready and, and get excited about what's coming rather than just like, you know, so scared. Oh yeah, I agree. I see huge opportunity. In fact, we're hearing from a lot of people that are interested in, uh, in on the private money side, like private investors. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. space. And so, uh, you know, we it's just one indication that you know there's a lot of opportunity certainly for for dealers and investors in this in this industry, and we see a lot of uh, real positive movement on on that. And I've I've never been one to predict you know about the future of the industry, except to just say it's probably going to stay the same. Like the opportunity is going to be there, you know. So. Yeah. We just got to keep slugging it out. And uh, I got to give a nod to Amanda Sanchez says growth is only good when it is controlled. 
So it's true for, I don't, are you seeing the comments on your side over there? So, uh, uh, no, I don't see them. Okay. But again, I, I that's yeah. just me Oh, yeah. I are you in there? You see the thread? Yeah, I see so, it. Now uh, I see it. So, yeah. So that's, uh, Amanda says um, that, you know, controlled growth is important. So we, you know, we obviously. Uh, well, in George's comment, it costs more to get a new customer than it does to retain one. Right. Um, it's a very true statement. Isn't it? Um, yeah. And I would expand on that to say I would much rather deal with the customer I already know than assume that mm -hmm. I'm going to put a better customer in that car the second time. I, I just, so I, important. yeah, I you you know have already made the commitment. I think we do everything we can to keep these people in the portfolio for as long as possible. Yeah. And you hope you already have some equity in that relationship. And whereas yep. starting from a brand new relationship is obviously a bit of a, a little bit of guesswork. So yeah, I think we're a, a little bit over on time, but I want to have you back. I always enjoy having you in here. There's lots of great stuff to talk about. We didn't scratch the surface on some of the stuff we talked about in our wisdom. Mm -hmm. stuff. We'll have you back soon. In the meantime, I know you guys are having your, your business meetings in Sarasota, right? Enjoy that. Yep. We'll see you somewhere on the road. I know. For sure. Yeah. We got uh, some more traveling coming up. We're, uh, you know, hired some new people. We're trying to divide and conquer and, and get mm -hmm. to more places and continue to, you know, support the, the industries and the state associations. Cause uh, you know, I think that's where, that's where all the real block and tackle, you know, needs to get done is bringing more dealers into the organizations, educating the new ones better from the start. Um, and then things get easier for everybody. So yeah. looking forward to coming back and thanks for having me. Yeah, we see you guys out there at State Association. We're obviously trying to do the same, so we uh, we yep. appreciate what you guys do. And again, thanks for uh, your time for sharing your knowledge so generously. We'll uh, we'll let you jump and say so long to the rest of our crew here. But uh, thanks again, Brett. You're welcome. Talk to you later, Jim. Bet. So yeah, just a quick uh, wrap up. I would just tell you that uh, Tommy Brandis, um, our dealer friend out of Pennsylvania, is going to join us on Wednesday for White Hat Wednesday, and then uh, we'll have. Uh, on Friday, um, he expects to be able to join Jason March, the current president uh, of FIADA. I think he's president. Let's make sure about that. But um, he's uh, a dealer out of Jacksonville, and he uh, expects to be available to join us on Friday. So tune in for that one as well. So in the meantime, thanks, folks, for listening in. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will catch you again on Wednesday. <laughs>